life hasn't always followed the normal path. We will take you on this journey into spiritual practices and holistic therapies outside the norm. My mission is to demystify these powerful ancient tools for transformation through intimate conversations with masters, healers, and teachers. We will confront the myths and the rumors about the woo practices so we can break through to genuine understanding and authentic engagement. So glad you have joined us. Now, let's go into the woo. We are recording. So we're going to start all the way to the beginning. Spiritual awakening and started doing this work and... and all right, good morning and welcome to Into the Woo. Today we have my favorite intuitive dating coach, uh, Nikki Novo is here. Nikki is a Cuban-American best-selling author and intuitive dating coach. Her latest book is The Final Swipe, Heal Your Heart, Find Your Person, and End the Dating Search for Good. She's been on the Amazon bestseller list. She's a certified hypnotherapist with the International Association of Counselors and Therapists, a Theta healer, a Reiki healer, and she speaks for all kinds of organizations, Equinox, Yahoo, Macy's, and many, many others. Previously, before becoming a dating expert, she was the Miami editor for Refinery 21, 21, 29, and editor for MSN. Um, Nikki is also one of my favorite people to make you think, oh, intuitive dating coach, this is going to be like really, really woo. And you're like, no, Nikki is a totally <laughs> normal person that makes you totally comfortable right off the bat. So welcome, Nikki. Aww, and geez. wait, we forgot the favorite part, the three pound Yorkie that is her desk mate. <laughs> also on video today because she's just so needy, you guys. So, so needy. needy. She but loves you. And now she's leaving us. Now she's leaving because she had to be introduced properly. <laughs> exactly. She's having stage fright. <laughs> oh my God. Jamie, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So, I, so for those of you watching the video, I am on the floor of my son's room because my office is out in the open and we have a baby and we have our assistant that works from home. So I moved in here. So sorry for the, the casualness. Well, I think the casualness is always good because the casualness brings us to the point of this is real life. Yes. <laughs> right? Like yes. life is always happening. And sometimes you have to be yes. on the floor of your son's room to, you know, do a video without being interrupted. Exactly. <laughs> it's true, Jamie. Thank you. Yeah. You, you, if you, one thing I've learned about this work or any kind of work is like, and you know, we want so many things as women. I wanted to have kids and I wanted to like have a company and I wanted to have a husband and all those things. And I think that if we try to stop or make it somewhat perfect, like we'll never, we'll never get there. So you just got to keep going, even if it's messy. Yeah. And sometimes messy makes it even more accessible. Exactly. Yeah. So it's always good me. to know that other people are sitting on the floor. Yes. Thank you for having <laughs> me with my messiness, everyone. <laughs> so Nikki's book, The Final oh. Swipe. <laughs> Uh, is absolutely amazing. I end up giving it to all of my single clients because she can explain it even better than me. But it's really about kind of changing the way you look at dating. Correct? Yes. 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 No, 100%. I mean, I think that, um, you know, when I started this work, when I, I basically, like, you know, had my 
spiritual awakening and started doing this work. And, and at the time I was writing a single, um, like a single girl's column. And I, you know, I find that like spiritual work, um, or, or spiritual teachings, like can eventually be just like philosophy or theology or whatever. Um, but it's hard to kind of put it in our day to day. And I found that like, that's where the disconnect is a lot of the times, like things sound so woo woo, but unless we're able to put it like, oh, like this is where it shows up in your work or this is where it shows up at your family or whatever it may be. Um, I think it's easier to, to go and do the, the spiritual work if you can see like how it relates. Sorry, how, I'm gonna have to put her out. Um, how, <laughs> not put her out like killer guys. Just <laughs> um, so yeah, I decided to do dating um, work because I just felt like that was a good way to speak, to teach like the evolution of our soul and spirituality and all those things. And to me, dating is a spiritual journey. I mean, I think it, it has been, it feels very transactional. Um, it, it feels like this thing that we have no control over and it's scary and there's shame around and, and anxiety, but it's actually very much like a, I don't want to say like a lesson, but it's a spiritual journey. And if we can just see what the journey is trying to tell us or where it's trying to make us go, it's so much more easy. It's so much easier and, and you can navigate through it. So I, I speak dating. That's why I do dating work. Cause that's, I, everything to me is a dating metaphor. Like even outside of my life, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like when you date that douchebag that like, and I'm like talking to my like son's kindergarten teacher. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't speak. I don't speak dating, but everything to me is a dating like, yes, metaphor. So everything is like, yeah, so that's the way that I started to see it. Even though I do a little bit of everything for sure, like in my in my readings, like we we go over everything, but um what has resonated the most is the dating work. So So how did you start on the spiritual journey? Um, so funny question. This is a good question. I actually was started with dating. It started with like my love life. Um, I was engaged very young um, because I grew up in a very like traditional family where I felt that in order to be successful, like I had to like go to university, like, uh, you know, get a good job, um, have a, you know, have a husband, all that stuff. So I was in, you know, just by the end of my high school, I had met my high school sweetheart and throughout college, I dated him and he was like exactly like a good Cuban boy. Like, I'm, you know, I'm from a Cuban family and, um, like two months, we, we, we were going to get married, um, like right after college and two months before the wedding, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. Um, so thankfully my father was very helpful in that. And he was like, I don't, you know, if you don't want to get married, you don't need to get married. So I broke off that wedding and then I moved for the first time, like away from my family. And like, it was just, you know, like family is great. And I love, of course, I still love my family, but I think that we get stuck in these patterns and in these, like, you know, we we're on autopilot. Like we don't even think about why we're doing things. Like we just do it because it's like the way it's been done and it's like tradition, all those things. So actually moving away and like creating that, that physical space for my family, my friends in LA, which is like the most woo woo place ever. It's so funny. It was not as woo woo. Like this was 10 years ago. Um, and it's just so funny. Like the clients that I have that are in LA now, I'm like, wow, like it's just so airy there. So like people are floating all the time. So, um, so it's really interesting. But when I was in LA, like it was the beginning of that. Like I, it, it, my, my spiritual journey did not start with anything like crazy. It was just kind of, I remember the first thing I realized was like, what am I choosing to eat this cheeseburger because I want to eat the cheeseburger or is it because like my parents told me like cheeseburgers are good, you know, and like really questioning my thoughts 
Mm. Um, questioning my beliefs was the beginning of my spiritual journey. And then, so I, I started off like that and I moved back to Miami eventually for work. And I had this, blo- this boyfriend who like, you know, I thought I was going to marry and we were dating not even that long, but I just like was really convinced that like he was a guy. And then he broke up with me and you know, like anybody who gets dumped, you either go to a therapist, you like reach out to drugs or like you go see a psychic and like, you know, it's just one of, you pick one of those three or you probably do a little bit of all of them. So, um, I went to a psychic and I thought like, okay, she's just going to tell me everything's going to be okay. That like, I'm going to get married with the doctor and like everything was going to be just fine. Um, that this is just like a, you know, a bump in the road. And that psychic actually ended up telling me that I was going to get into the metaphysics and I, didn't know what the metaphysics were even like so you had never experienced any of this beforehand no i mean i was probably 24 25 and she told me like so she was like an angel um like she would talk to angels so right. since i'm catholic since i grew up catholic like that sounded doable like i was i was like that okay, was not, okay path yes i wasn't going like outside of like anything like there's angels in the bible so that felt safe to me okay. um but then she tells me that i'm gonna get into the metaphysics and i was like what the hell like all i understood all i heard was you're gonna become a wizard and i'm like great <laughs> a wizard i love it like i have really hit rock bottom here I like, I am going to be a wizard. This is at the time I was um, at an editor, a fashion and beauty editor going up the, I was doing very well. I was like raising, like going up in the ranks. I had worked at MSN and uh, NBC and like, you know, I was uh, writing for Condé Nast, all these great places. And I just thought like that was going to be the trajectory. You're like, and, oh God, yeah. there's going to be a break and it's going to yeah. go downhill. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was like, this lady's insane, you know? Um, she also predicted my husband. So that was like funny um, years in advance. Um, so, but she was right. Like, I just like got very curious about um, all these different things. And the, at the time, my job as an editor was at this place called Daily Candy, which doesn't exist anymore, owned by NBC. And one of my job, like what, part of my job was to like find cool new experiences. So of course I took it upon myself to like find things that like I wanted to do. So I would go into like all these woo-woo things just because I was interested and I would write about them. So that like helped me do it for free um, since I was like a broke, you know, 24 year old editor. And um, through that, I learned, like I got into just anything that was interesting to me, I would sign up for. So like I learned about hypnotherapy and I thought that was really cool because of like the, the thoughts and how you can change your mindset. So I got certified in that. And then I like found Reiki and I got, you know, certified in that. So that, it was really just out of curiosity to com- to be completely honest. And then I, um, you know, people always ask like, so in my readings, I am great, you know, like I, I, and I'm a psychic connoisseur. So like, you know, I, I know how to, like, I know what you want because I know what I want in a reading. And, um, <laughs> you know, people think that I was like born with the gift, you know, that the people think that like, I was like a little weirdo kid, you know, kind of seeing dead people. And that's not the case at all. Um, I didn't, in my 20, like, so around that time, like around 26, I was already like reading about this stuff. I guess I was, I'm gonna have to put the dog away. Give me one second. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) We're gonna have to edit this. No problem.
excited about that, guys. So, I mean, I think that when you meet a psychic or a medium or any person that has these, like, you know, seems to be supernatural abilities, the tendency just is to think that they were born with it, that like they possibly like were able to do this as a child. And that was not the case for me. And I say this because sometimes we might have like an inkling and we want to learn about it. And it really reminds me, I don't know if you've read that book, Grit. Yes. It reminds me of, yeah, like, so Grit is all about like that people are not necessarily born extra talented, that they've just worked at something. And that's so refreshing, I think, to so many of us. Um, Because yeah, like we can say that I had like some sort of natural talent, but I think the natural talent comes from like a natural curiosity. And then what happened was that I ended up like really working at it. So I opened up to the idea of it. Like I was curious about it. So my mind kind of, oh, you talk to angels. I believe that. And then I think my mind opened up the space Hmm. to be like, oh, this is a possibility. You know, and also the way you were raised, it's also like, that was not a possibility. Exactly. Exactly. I was, I am from like a really, I, I grew up in a Catholic school. Like I'm from a very Cuban, traditional Cuban Catholic, you know, upbringing. So, I mean, nobody was talking and it's funny because Catholics and I think Hispanics in general are really big on saints. And right. at the end of the day, like saints are just fucking spirit guides. Exactly. <laughs> so it like annoys me because I'm like, mom, you're talking to the saint that you think is like miraculous and you feel him. Like, what do you think I do? <laughs> so it's all the same thing. All, you know, Virgin Mary, like all that stuff. That's like what it is, you know, yeah. Jesus. Like that's, you know, that that's in many ways. So um, so I got really interested in angels. Then I got interested in um, ascended masters, which is like, which again felt safe. Like ascended masters would be like a Jesus, it would be Jesus, Buddha, things that like the leaders of these like certain religions. And I thought that that like sounded like, okay, pretty basic. Like I can talk to them and connect with them or whatever. And then um, I, you know, I just, I did start to like, so the one thing that like really kind of woke me up was I was. I was out to dinner with like a new friend. Like I had, she worked with me and I, this was the first time like we went out together alone and I'm talking to her. I leave, like I excuse myself to go to the bathroom and I'm in the bathroom and I hear this voice and that was, and I was like, did I drink too much? But I hear this voice (laughs) and it was like a woman's voice. And it said, um, take, please take care of my daughter. And I was like, what is that? And sure enough, I come back. It gives me goosebumps that she's with me. Um, so I come back to, and she wants me to still take care of her daughter, which I've been trying to for many years. So I come back to the table and within two minutes, this new friend starts telling me that her mom had passed when she was like 19 and like, you know, and that it was like her parents were divorced. So she kind of felt like, um, you know, and all that. And that was like the beginning of, of me, like realizing that I had opened up this portal. And I think everybody can open that up. I know you, you know, you have that opened up. So, and then I just started I geeked out on it. Like I was just like, how there's books about it and there's people that will teach you about it. Yeah. And, and of course practicing, um, it became part, it was like in, so when I, when I started transitioning into more like coaching and, and all that, because I was asked, not because I necessarily wanted to, like people were basically asking me to, through my writing, people were asking me to teach them about dating and all those things. When I worked with people one-on-one, it was my intuition was the thing that I relied on the most. Like I, it was like my biggest skill. So I started, um, you know, I just started using it and learning about it. And I would say that is why I'm able to do what I do. I mean, I, I really do feel that anybody, you just have to be curious about it. And like, not everybody wants to do that stuff. Right. So, so in the beginning, did you tell people that's what you were doing? No, God, no. 
<laughs> to this day, I just realized I didn't know this because my husband like kind of like lets me do my own thing or whatever. Um, he doesn't, uh, you know, it, like he, he knows what I do. Obviously, um, he knows that it works. He's intuitive himself. That's why he doesn't question me. But definitely, I had no idea that like he was getting like like shit from his friends. Like, like I didn't know that his friends would text him and be like, your wife talks to dead people. And like, he's <laughs> so good that he wouldn't mention that to me. Cause like, he knows that I care like for him. Like, I don't want him to be going through like being quote unquote picked on. And I don't know why he mentioned it to me one day. And, um, I was like, yeah, I never thought about that. Like that, like, you know, it's weird. Um, especially You're like, I just keep talking to people and <laughs> some of them just aren't on this plane. It's yeah. not weird. Yeah. And Jamie, that was the hardest part. And I'm sure with your work too, like, it's just the, the hardest part is, is like, you know, so I slowly came out, I would say I slowly came out of the spiritual closet. I, yeah. I masked it as a, you know, life coach for a very long time. And the truth is I wasn't as skilled as I am now either. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you have to like develop the skill, but you're starting yeah. to get it and you're like, Oh yeah. Yes. And, and you know, know who's open, you know, yeah. who's ready. And that was like interesting, like, like what was, so what ended up happening was that I would do this with clients, like I would read them, but they thought they were just coming for like a one time, like a coaching session with me. And then I would read them and I would freak them out. So I was like, I'm like lying to people. Like, I can't, like, I can't, like they liked it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're hooking up with somebody and they like do something weird and you're like, I think I like that. It felt good, but I, that's not what I was going for. You know, like that wasn't why I came. Exactly. <laughs> so like, you know, so I was like, you know, I got, I had to stop lying. Like we're already using this. And then, you know, thankfully I think the, the group consciousness has changed a lot too. Oh, yeah. um, I think people are much more opening, open to it now. Um, a lot of like the media writes, you know, even just mainstream media writes about this stuff now anyways. And at a time when I first started, it wasn't so like, you know, I think I started opening up as um, people started opening up. I, I liked it. I'm grateful that I, I opened up a little bit earlier than like it became popular so that I didn't feel like I was riding the wave. That's yes. Like, that's like a problem of mine that I don't like riding waves. Um, <laughs> so, so like that, um, yeah, like that was, you know, that was how it worked. And then, and then just, you know, word of mouth and, um, I'm always like putting stuff out there and I talk about, and I'm just like really passionate about it. I mean, I think that, um, there's so much help available to us. Um, and yeah. like, I just, you know, and I think we all need it. Like I need to go to somebody, like I'll talk to you about it and things like, like I need to hear, I need somebody to pull in, intuitive information for me. Like I, I can't always do it. And I, and I don't think we realize how much we're being intuitive on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, definitely. And I think that the thing that happens is like in, you know, modern day society, we are not around the circle of people that are able to do intuitively tell us things. And we're not, we don't have the grandparents and the mothers and the, like in the day-to-day -day that like okay. was so normal where I think that's sort of where the space got left, yes. right? Like that used to be part of the norm and then it became not part of the norm, but people were still doing it. Cause like your grandmother would say to you, oh, you got to talk to this angel, right? right. <laughs> oh, you yeah. got to do this thing. Oh, yeah. you do whatever. Yeah. And like, as that's disappeared, I think people totally crave that feeling. Right. Right. Like, okay, I want to know, I want someone else to tell me what 
either I feel or I see or I'm doing is right. I want to yeah. know that the path is right. And at the end of the day, you know, what's interesting is like in the sessions, a lot of times there's so much validation in the session. Cause I'm not going to say that a lot of the clients, like a lot of what I get is like, you are able to put words towards like what I was feeling. So yeah. it's like, they can't, they can't necessarily say it um, because they don't have the vocabulary for it or the, or the, they, and that is what a medium does at the end of the day. A medium is, is like a translator. So I can read your, your energy. You can read your energy too, but you might not be able to translate it. I can translate it into English. And that is why, you know, that, that's, that's why I do what I do. It's nothing that you, you know, and I, you know, and I think it just like anything, it just takes time, but a lot of the times in the sessions, like that's what you end up getting. Like you end up getting um, the validation. Like that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Like that's exactly. And then you're like, Oh, I'm not crazy. And I can move forward. It just gives you like an extra boost of confidence. You're like, okay, I should be moving forward with this thing. Um, Exactly. And I think a lot of times people just want to know, Hey, these check all the boxes. I should do all of this. Right. And then if, but you don't feel it, and you're like, I just want someone else to tell me like, that's exactly, not exactly, exactly, exactly. So, I you know, it's like while you were first engaged, it's like, yeah. oh, that person fit. Exactly. But then you're like, eh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, not the right, you're not the right thing for me, you know, and, and, right. and it was like a scary. So, you know, that's important. I think also um, it's important that, you know, I think what's helpful is that you do that with somebody that doesn't know you super well. Um, yes. because you know, even when I read friends or people that I know, like I have to double down and pray really hard. And it's actually very hard for me. Sometimes I'll say no, but I'll, because I have to not get in my own way because you may have a friend who's being intuitive and, and, you know, giving you advice or whatever, but it is nice to go with somebody that doesn't know you at all. So that, you know, the, the, the messaging is a little bit more pure. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So do you have any dating advice for those out there going through it? One of the ladies asked me to ask you, <laughs> what are th- three things to do when you are feeling cynical about love and dating? Oh, I know. It's so hard. You know, uh, it's pretty basic, um, but I think you have to get to the point that you, you know, we always have a choice. So you're going to ask yourself like, okay, so either I'm going to choose to be cynical or I'm going to choose to not do it at all. Like, I think that if you are complaining about it, then like, why just stop? Then you know what? Just stop doing it. Like, why are you even trying? Like that really is annoying, right? Like why do we, we do that all the time? Like, oh, I'm going to complain about like having kids or I'm going to complain about like, you know, money or something. And it's like, yeah, I have three kids, but like, I could wake up and give them away. You know, like I could, I, I, I could, I could, you know, like, yes, maybe it's not acceptable and right. maybe it's not acceptable to stop dating, but like, you're really going to bring that like into your life every day. Like then, you know what, either you choose to give up altogether or you choose to see it in a different way. I think you have to, I, I think you really have to want to see it another way. I think also you have to look at um, who you're around, which you were talking about this a little bit earlier, but, you know, unfortunately, um, we, even, we may have very good friends who are very good people, but we love to like bash our dating lives. Um, In a weird way, the separation makes us feel better. So we like separate ourselves from God, from men or women, whoever, whatever it is that we're dating. 
And that separation somehow makes us feel better about ourselves. Like, it'll be like, mm-hmm. yeah, these guys, like they don't, you know, they ne- they're ghosting me or they don't call me back or they just want to hook up. And like, we don't realize that that bashing actually makes us feel good because it creates this separation between my brother and me. And I feel better than my brother. And that is where I pull my confidence. I'm pulling my confidence from um, taking away from somebody else. And it's a, just a really bad habit that we get into where we want to talk bad about what's out there. And we think that that is in a weird way. It's like, it's like eating the chocolate cake. You know, it's like, it's, it, 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 it makes us feel better for a little bit. It really does like talking bad about that stuff. But what happens is it becomes this habit and it seeps into our minds. We like go through the world, you know, thinking about it or whatever. So I think you really have to make like a no um, bashing like fly zone with your friends, especially if everybody's out there trying to find love. Like that is the best thing you can do with your friends. Like you can be like, you know what, guys, like let's like, let's do our best to only talk about like the good stuff so that we can encourage each other through this process, which is not easy, you know, which is complicated and it's always interesting like the people that find like you and I have had the conversation before like we love dating yeah <laughs> like we yeah. were both sad when we got married because we'd have to stop dating not because we didn't want to be married to the people we're married right. to but that we actually were like oh we're gonna have to stop doing this thing yeah because we thought it was fun exactly exactly and like you know really looking at um and I know and listen I know that that gets tricky because with time Basically, like you don't want to be there anymore. Like, I think what happens is you get to a point where you're like, I just, I don't, I'm resisting the time of like my life. So it's, um, which I'm sure like if you're, you know, for those of us, let's say who are moms, like we're resisting the time when our kids are little, let's say, because it's hard, you know, Um, we wish we were in another time or something like that. And I think the same thing happens to us when we're dating, like we wish we were like in another time rather rather than being able to see the beauty in this time. One thing too, um, Jamie, that's really important when dating is to, which I think really messes a, a lot of us up, is that when we go on these dates or, or even like we're reaching out, whether it be on, you know, on the apps or whatever, we really have to see these other people that are potential daters as humans. Because what ends up happening is like, do you remember those cartoons when we're little, like, like, Goofy sees, uh, or you know, I can't even remember what character is, but let's say like Goofy sees like a pig, and all he sees in his head is like a ham sandwich. Like yep. he doesn't realize that it's like a pig, you know? Right, and, right. And we do that when we're dating. Like we're like we see this guy, all we see is like love, like hearts around it, and like potential mate, potential, you know, like may make me happy, you know, rather than being like, oh, this person's a human. So like that, like kind of seeing them as human and sitting down like on that date and being like, I'm just sitting down with a human. I'm just connecting with that human levels, the the playing field um, releases a lot of um, anxiety and um, pressure and also makes you more um, likable. Like yeah. nobody, like think about the guy who dates the trophy, you know, wife or whatever. Like he's just looking for like a hot, you know, piece of ass, like just some really pretty girl that he can have like on his you know shoulder or whatever on his arm and like nobody wants to feel that way you know like nobody wants to feel like i'm fitting into a category for you like and we do that we don't even even the best of us do that like 
how do you, and I, and I hear that a lot, um, and I know men do this as well, but um, it's, it's kind of like the idea of like, how do you add value to my life? That's the mm-hmm. idea, rather than seeing this person like as a human. So I think that if we can, if we get to that place, um, that, that, is, that's, that makes a big shift in our dating life when we see that we're just like sitting down with these, like everybody's just human and that, that makes you connect more and that makes you more likable because when we go into it, like energetically, we can feel all that. Like even guys, you know, they, they can feel when you're like just looking for a husband and like nobody wants to, nobody wants that pressure, you know? Um, so that, that's a big one. All right. So are there some ways we can shift the energy within ourselves? Um, yes. So shifting the energy within myself. I think that, um, so when we're dating, we want to, number one, I think it's funny because we complain and we know that it's a thing. Like we know that we're like trying to find love, but rarely do we do the spiritual work needed to find love. Right. So kind of going to the first question, like that we're in this very cynical place. And we know that when we have a stomach ache, we go to the doctor. We know that, you know, when uh, we're having like money problems or whatever, like we'll go to somebody who helps us with money. But like dating is something that there's so much shame around it um, that we don't, we don't think to look for help. And we don't think to do, like we, we just, we don't think that there's anything to do to fix it. Like I think I think just the, the culture of dating, I, I think the only way we think about fixing it is by doing more of it. We're just right. like, oh, if I just date more, if I just meet more people, then it'll work. And that's, that's not the truth. Like, like anything, there's, there's something that, that is, um, it's like a misfire in us that's not making us meet this love that we know is, is, is meant for us. And that's a big question I get too. Like a lot of people come to me and they're like, Oh, maybe I'm just not meant to find love. Like maybe I'm not meant to be in a relationship and uh, you know, asking that question about destiny or whatever. And my answer, and this has been like through, through practice and realizing and understanding that, that question. But what I've learned is that like the desire to want to be in a relationship or whatever desire, whether it be, you know, desire to have children, desire to have money, like whatever your desire to have a house, that desire on its own means that it's like part of your path. Like it already means that. So, so really like, honoring that desire and doing what needs to be done. And it doesn't mean to just go on a bunch of different dates. Like you have to, you, you have to kind of ask yourself, like, why is this not clicking with me? Um, and, and finding different, I mean, there's so, there, there's just so much out there and it may be, you know, unfortunately there's not a lot of, um, dating advice that is inside based, you know, that it's not, it's, it's more about like the external stuff, but it, what you're seeing, and we all know this, right? Like what you see outside in your life is just a reflection of what's going inside. Um, It doesn't mean that you're broken. It just means that something is not clicking because what's funny is that I have a lot of clients who are like badasses at work, like our bosses, like just so good. And a lot of the things that they're doing at work is the thing that will make them successful in their dating life. They just haven't clicked how they like, I can't say that word, compartmentalize. Thank you. And they're, <laughs> it's always been like a thing for me. Um, and they like, they, they act one way in their work and then they act a totally different way in their love life. And a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm just seeing like, you see that thing you do at your work that you don't even think about that you're doing that has made you very successful. 
this is how we're going to bring it into your love life. This is what you're going to do. And just those little clicks, it's just something about dating brings something up in you. Oh, and yeah. for that reason, you can't, you can't get to finding love. It's not that there's nobody out there for you. Um, it's not that you're fat or skinny or short or tall or have high expectations. It's none of that. It's, there's something inside that is blocking you. And it could be something so simple. And, and we just have to know what it is. So we can't do that on our own. Like we cannot do that on our own. And there's just so much shame around wanting to get help in this area. But you know what's oh, yeah. even more shameful? Dating for 10 years and not finding the right person. Like that's even more like- Or dating the same person in different bodies yeah. over and over. Yeah. And everybody else is watching you do it. Yeah. Like, and what, they can all see it, but you can't. <laughs> just like get some help. You know, it's, and yeah. it's, like, it's like denial, you know? Like, and, and God knows that the reason I do this work is because I was that person. Also the reason I, you know, like, and I'm not going to pretend that there's other, and it's interesting because then there's areas of, there's areas in my life that I do the same thing, right? Like I don't want to look, I don't, I don't want to work at it. I'm, a, I'm ashamed of it. Um, but I, but I keep doing the same thing and nothing gets better. Right. And it's the same thing about dating. Like, okay. Like if you're having a problem, there's nothing wrong with you. Like we can fix this. We can, you, you, there's, there's so much you, and you can get a book or you, but like work at it. You know, I think that that's, sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> I love your soapbox. <laughs> it's a good one because I think that the thing is, is that we have this idea that we who, we are who we are and we can't change. Right. But sometimes we're not really showing up as who we really are. Right. And sometimes we're not. We have an idea about something that might just be bullshit. Right. And it's like, it oh, that's the thing. <laughs> it is. And then you clear that thing out, and you're like. Oh, then I'm doing that. Like you can see yourself like, oh, I'm on the date and they are being nice to me. So I don't like that because then that means they want something right. and then the energy changes. Yeah. And then, so it's just being able a lot of times just to recognize it, have the conversations around right. it, do the things and, and why not get help? Right. Like and, there's and, so and many times. It. Yeah. And there's yeah. so many things that you would work on your education or right. at work or your body, like if you're not getting the results you want in the gym, you hire a personal trainer. Yeah, exactly. If you're not getting the results you want at work, you hire a business coach. Like exactly. these are things that are, you know, sort of obvious in other areas and we just need to take the shame away for dating. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, like, it, and what's interesting is that like, we are a, a, a species that needs to be in community. Like we need to be in groups. So there's nothing shameful about wanting to be in a partner. Like on the contrary, like back in the day, like we couldn't survive unless we were in partnership. Yeah. So like, and I know our modern world, we, it, I'm not saying that you need a partner. No. Like, all I'm just saying is that if you had the desire for the partner, there's, there shouldn't be shame around the desire. And we, and, and it's, it makes me so sad because, um, like there is so much shame about like, especially now with like the feminist, you know, with this like new wave of feminism and I'm such a feminist, but at the same time, like that doesn't mean just because like I'm go, you know, woman power, like you can marry a feminist, you know, like my husband right. is a feminist and oh, yeah. you know, like, so you can, you can still be like woman power and, um, and have a beautiful like relationship if that's what you want. So it's just, 
like honor the things you want, right? Just honor your desires. Like if you have desires, like you deserve them, like honor them. So do what needs to get done to, to see them come to life. So good. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the reasons why I absolutely love Nikki is that she doesn't like sugarcoat any of this. She'll be like the first to tell you like, no. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't like have the time. And I know that like the women, the, the women and men that I work with, like they don't have the time either. And, um, you know, I think that that's like our friends and our family do enough of that for us. <laughs> like, I, it's, you know, it's so funny, Jamie, when I was, um, I was engaged to that high school sweetheart I told you, and I was, you know, enga- we were dating for eight years and we were engaged and I finally break off the wedding. And my dad was like the only one who was like, Nikki, yeah, like, this is not the right for you. You know, like, if you don't want to do this, like you don't have to do this. Right? Fine. I break up. Dude, after I break that thing off, everybody comes out of the woodworks and is like, I knew that guy wasn't right for you. I knew you shouldn't have gotten married. And I'm like, well, F you guys. Like, like why, why didn't you, you tell me? me? Yeah, and people don't. We don't. No. We like, and we don't realize that like, even when we go for advice from like these safe people around us, we call the people who we know are going to agree with us. Like rarely you know, like if you want to quit your job, you're going to call the three people that you know are going to be like, yeah, it's a good idea. You should quit your job. You know, you're not Um, calling your safe friend. That's going to be like, no, you should stay. Yeah. You're not calling that person. No. No. So we like seek out what, you know, if we want to believe that the the dating scene is awful, like we're going to go out with the girlfriends that want to talk shit about that. And because that's, we want to validate what is happening inside of ourselves. And sometimes we, we, you know, and that is a circle that we've created for ourselves. So sometimes we have to go out of that in order to see something different, which means we got to go hire a therapist or, uh, you know, take some trip somewhere or hire whatever, you know, but like, or read a book or something, but we have to go out and you do a lot of that work, Jamie, that is a lot of your work. I mean, a lot of it what to me is, is like, number one, you don't have to tell anybody else. Right. Like, <laughs> you just don't. You don't have to say anything to anyone. And sometimes you just do some work on yourself that nobody knows about. Exactly. And you're like, I got to figure it out before I can say it out loud. And that's totally mm-hmm. fine. And the other thing is, too, is to take the, to take the steps, right? Like, if you are feeling like, okay, I need some help, and you read a book, and the book helps, but you really need someone to say something to you, like moving along those pathways it's also a matter of like talking to those people that you know will be like yes call nikki yes go on this retreat yes do this thing because like when you're surrounding yourself with the people that are like you should just find a man yeah just date more like get on bumble date more. you're like yeah sometimes you gotta sort working. yourself first so that you're ready yeah and i think jamie also and i would imagine you probably see this in your work too and spirituality lends itself to this a lot. You know, there's this idea that when we work on ourselves or if we're trying to take like some more of a spiritual path, we're just trying to be perfect, right? Because I mean, I know that I have definitely used spirituality to appear more perfect and to try to, you know, perfect myself. Or that Um, there will be an end. Yes, thank you. Like there's a destination. Yes, like once I fix this thing, like I'll be done. And I see that pattern in dating. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that will tell you like, you need to fix yourself before you find the love of your life, which is bullshit. Because as you know, Jamie, there's no end. And I mean, God, shit, 
I thought I was doing work to like find my husband. And then like I married my husband and then like the amount of work that you have to do on yourself when you're in relationship and with, you know, and, and if you throw kids into the, the, the mix or whatever, like you're going to continue that work. So I have like people that I have clients that will hire me and they want, they're okay with doing the work. And then but when I'm like, okay, it's time to date now. Like we got to date. We have to go on dates. We got like, we, you know, we got to like workshop you dating. They're like, no, I don't feel ready yet. I, I still need to fix this thing in me. And I'm like, no, you don't. No. Like, no, you don't. Like you're, you're going to, a lot of the times we fix things through partnership. Like that, again, why humans need to work in, we work in groups and in partnership because it's easier to see things in other people. So like, it's not about fixing yourself to be ready for the person. Like you're ready to meet somebody right now. It's, It's just about energetically getting on the same wavelength as what you want. Because what's happening is like, I know you're either meeting people or maybe not meeting people, but you're basically like, but you know, you may have an idea of what you want, but your wavelength is like here. And what you know you deserve is over here. And it's like, how do I get to, to that wavelength, right? Like, how do I get to that vibration? And that's what you're trying to do. You're not trying to make yourself perfect. You're just trying to to get to the place where you can bring in what you know is the right thing for you. Yeah. How to even out the wavelengths. Exactly. Exactly. So good. Um, all right. So my final question for you is what is one scary thing that you can't wait to do in 2019? Oh my gosh, Jamie. Of course. It's like the question that you ask yourself. (laughs) Um, you know, I am, I myself, Jamie, I'm like ready for like the second level of help. Like, like I am ready for to ask for more help, like, so, which would mean, like, taking bigger, like, risk, not so much, like, um, like, almost, like, having somebody take care of me, I guess, so I don't know, I'm not sure what that is yet, like, I don't know if that's, like, maybe a, a new therapy, like, a, like, doing some therapy or some sort of, like, coach or something, but I just do know that I'm ready for, like, a second, because I've done this before, and then I take, right, right. and then you take breaks, and then, you, you know, you do the work that you've learned, and now I'm, like, ready to, like, um, you know, up and I level again. Yeah. And like up level and like have somebody care for me the way that I care for others. And that's not comfortable for me. I'm not, I'm not good at, um, you know, I, I'm working on, I don't want to say I'm not good at, but like I'm working on receiving in a bigger way. Yeah. I love it. It's the year to receive. Yeah, exactly. So good. All right. So where can people find you? What's going on in the future for you? Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, I'm always on Instagram, so you can follow me there at Nikki Novo. I'm always trying to give out as much as I can. Um, I have my readings, which people love. So you can just go to NikkiNovo.com and go to sessions. And I have a group um, I have a, I have a group dating course as well that I work with women in group, which is really beautiful. It's called okay. the Final Swipe Masterclass. So you can find all of that on my website at nikkinovo.com. Awesome. So that will be in the show notes. Thank Thanks, you Jamie. so much, Nikki, for being here. I truly appreciate it. And we will uh, send some people over to get all the dating advice. For yes. Me. Thank <laughs> you, Jamie. Thanks for doing what you do in the world. Awesome. Bye. Mm-hmm.